One of the hot topics going around college athletics right now is name, image, likeness, of course, but how that relates to the NCAA football game. If Tennessee, if a player was to don the cover of NC Dubs, who would that player be present, maybe even past? That and a whole lot of baseball talk here on your Monday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. What is going on? This is Locked On Vols. It is your Tennessee Volunteers podcast each and every day. It's brought to you uh, by FanDuel Sportsbook each and uh, a lot of every day. It's a proud sponsor of the show, and um, you can go ahead and uh, check out FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook where you can make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on today to go ahead and get started. Okay, got a fun show coming up. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, appreciate you watching, subscribing, and following us uh, the show here on YouTube and uh, wherever you get your audio podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, wherever that uh, may be. Can't thank you enough for making Locked On Vols your first listen each and every day a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Shout out everydayers. Okay, so if you're watching on YouTube, I'm in a hotel room. Uh, the the lovely place that I'm in right now said that uh, if I were to use their business center to where I could really make this setup a little bit better, uh, they were going to charge me $100. So um, I ain't about that live. So here we are live from the uh, the hotel room. So um, i sorry about this. You can probably see a bed in the background, maybe even through the uh, – the mirror there, a microwave, but whatever the case is, we're going to make this work. I'm on the road. I'm in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, Tennessee is in super regional play, and they're setting up a winner-take-all game three on Monday. So excited about that. I'm on the road covering that. We're just going to have two segments today because, again, I'm kind of on the road here, but it's going to be fun. We'll talk plenty of baseball, how Tennessee got to this point in segments number two here in a moment. But first, I do want to talk about this NCAA conversation. Not going to lie, I saw... My buddy, Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn, does a great job. He's over the college channel. Um, his numbers are incredible. And he did this exercise. And I'm like, man, I would love to do that exercise. I wanted to wait for a little bit, but because I'm on the road and um, I, I don't have all my normal setup, I thought this would be something fun and uh, you know a little bit easier on me to do. So I need your guys' help. This can be part of Twitter Tuesday as well. Um, if Tennessee were to don the cover of NCAA football, what player would you want to be on that cover? Okay, it can be a, pa- a past player. It can be a present player. But what player would you want to be on that cover? And I think it's a good conversation to have because name, image, and likeness, uh, one of the first and many things in terms of uh, what could happen when NIL became legal uh, over a year ago was the return of NCAA. And that's kind of been in the, uh, you know, the topic of conversation the last couple of weeks in terms of, you know, 99.9 Shannon Terry, uh, founder and creator of on three, you know, who I work for at VolQuest.com. You know, he went on record and said 99.9% of players should, you know, should do the NCAA game. Right. But it's that one, it's that 0.1% that their name, image, and likeness is greater to, than the value that you'll get from that NCAA football game. We're talking like this upcoming season. We're talking like the Drake Mays. We're talking the Caleb Williams. We're talking those guys. Um, Tennessee doesn't have anybody in those area code right now. You know, Hendon Hooker was the same way, but he played himself into that area code by season's end. So if Tennessee could have a player on the cover for this current team of NCAA, what player would that be? Well, I think the conversation always starts around the quarterback, and the, your quarterback is Joe Milton. He's going to be your starting quarterback, and 
He looked really, really good in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> he's got, um, he's like Cam Newton esque in terms of being six foot five, you know, two hundred and forty pounds. He's dropped a little bit. He's probably down to about two thirty right now. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's got the strongest arm in the entire country. So he would be the obvious choice. Um, and, and you know, I've, I've told you about if I'm going to be a big believer in Joe Milton, I've got to see it week after week after week. Well, you know, we're in June right now, so we're not going to be discussing that. But in terms of face of a program, face of a franchise, Joe Milton would be that for the University of Tennessee, in my opinion. So I think Joe Milton would be an obvious choice there. If it's not Joe Milton on this current team, who else would it be? Uh, Brew McCoy is one that would make a whole lot of sense. He's a playmaker. He's your number one wide receiver. Okay. Um, he's going to be making a big, a lot of plays. He's going to be catching a lot of touchdowns, hopefully from Joe Milton this year. Um, that one would make sense. Running back, you know, Tennessee's kind of running back by committee. I don't think Jabari Small and or Jalen Wright and or Dylan Sampson would really kind of be in this conversation, okay? Offensive line, Tennessee lost all of its best offensive linemen, but if you were to you know, submit an offensive line, because you know at points in times that's happened, especially when you go regionally for the Madden game, uh, Cooper Mays would make a whole lot of sense, but of course Darnell Wright would have made a whole lot of sense you know, this past year. But that's really about it on offense. I mean, Jacob Warren's been here forever, sure, a tight end, but when you think playmaker, when you think stats, when you think of face of a franchise, Jacob Warren's name really wouldn't be in that. So honestly, I think the only answer, I think the best answer, and maybe one of two uh, feasible answers would be Joe Milton for Tennessee, okay? And then maybe Brew McCoy. Now, what if we got creative and it was Nico? I think a lot of you guys are probably saying, what about Nico? What about Nico? What about Nico? That makes a whole lot of sense. Now, is Nico going to be your starting quarterback this fall? No, at least to start out. I mean, anything can happen. Of course, we know injuries are part of football. And I'm not going to sit here and act like Joe Milton's been a stud since he's been in college. He looks like a stud. He's seen flashes, certainly a mop-up duty and uh, in the Orange Bowl last year. But uh, fact remains, he's been the starter at two power, two power five programs throughout his career, once at Michigan, once here at Tennessee in 2021, and he lost his job. So if you wanted to get creative, and, and mind you, I've said this a million times before, but I know there's new listeners and viewers of the podcast every day. Um, I think Joe Millen's a completely different person than he was back in August and September of 2021. I think he knows the system better. I think he's improved as a quarterback because I like to think that I've improved as being the host of Locked On Vols in the last two and a half years. So anyway, but if we want to be creative, I think Nico would be a really interesting choice, okay? Future face of franchise, if you will. Quarterback, number one overall prospect, according to On3, in the entire class of 2023. I think Nico would make so much sense. Would he be your starter day one? Probably not. Uh, but a lot of times we see those Madden covers. Sometimes they don't make sense, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of linking this with the Madden covers as well because, you know, Madden, you get really creative. You can have a different cover based on which geographical region you live in in the United States. So I think Nico would be an interesting one and might honestly make the most sense, even though he's not going to be the starting quarterback for Tennessee in 2023. Okay, so if it's not a present player, a lot of times Madden will like to dial it back. And I know we're talking NC dubs because that's kind of what this um, is revolving around. But what if we kind of went the Madden route? We went legend mode. Obviously, there's so many you know players who are fantastic in the lore of Tennessee football. Peyton Manning would come to mind. Reggie White would come to mind. Pick your running back, Travis Stevens, Jamal Lewis, Travis Henry. Um, I mean, there's been some great running backs. There's been some great wide receivers here, Peerless Price. Um, amongst you know many others, Joey Kent. Um, you know, let's go to defense, right? 
I mean, Al Wilson comes to mind. Eric Berry comes to mind. I mean, there's so many that we can be creative with in terms of over the course of, you know, Tennessee football and throughout its history. Uh, here recently, I think a perfect example would be Joshua Dobbs, quarterback of a really, really good offense, of a team that was top 10 twice throughout his tenure here at Tennessee. Of course, you know, I was talking to my dad the other day coming back to the hotel um, after Tennessee's win over uh, Southern Miss and the Super Regionals. We'll get to that here in a moment. And he was talking about in between the games, um, finishing up game one and then starting game two on Sunday, the SEC Network or ESPN or whoever it was played, ESPNU, played the replay of the Georgia-Tennessee 2026 game, 2016 game. And, of course, we know that's the Hail Mary. Joshua Dobbs throwing it up. And uh, it's Juwan Jennings going up, bringing it down, and Tennessee wins on the road. And, you know, we'll never forget that game. So Joshua Dobbs, I think, would make a whole lot of sense. Plus, he's still in the NFL. He's still making money. He is an ambassador of the program, and he's still giving back. So, you know, Peyton Dobbs would make a whole lot of sense. I think Derek Barnett would make a whole lot of sense. He's still in the NFL. He was a first-round pick. Um, You know, he just signed another contract with Philadelphia Eagles. Has he been a bust in terms of being a first-round pick? I, I don't think so because I think we throw around the word bust too much. Has he been what everybody thought he would be? Maybe not, but he's still playing in the National Football League. Reggie Bush was not a bust. I guess it depends on you know how you view the word bust and where you view on where he got drafted. Reggie Bush, running back out of Southern Cal a long time ago, my childhood, um, he was drafted number two overall of the Saints. Sure, he didn't live up to what everybody thought he would be. And, you know, I mean, it's easy to see. One, the position of running back. Two, college in the NFL. Three, his skill set. But the same, the fact of the matter is he played a long time in the National Football League. He made a career in the National Football League. Um, he played for a lot of teams, but he he lasted a long time. So, you know, not a bus. I know we're talking Derek Barnett here, but I think Derek Barnett would be a really, really good one. The, the SEC's sack leader, of course, a sack leader for the University of Tennessee, think that would make a whole lot of sense. What about Jawan Jennings? You know, maybe that would make some sense too. I mean, he was faced with the franchise back, you know, when Tennessee was going through some tough days and in 2019 when you thought you were turning it around, right? Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, you rattled off seven straight wins in that 2019 season after starting 0-2, losses to Georgia State, losses to BYU. You know, Jawan Jennings was a leader of that football team. Maybe he could be a guy that's kind of in this uh, – uh, in this uh, conversation. So uh, what about very recent history? Obviously, Hendon Hooker at the season. And, and a lot of times, you know, Madden would have, a, you know, the, uh, the player donning the Madden cover for that upcoming year. <laughs> you know, they would be injured or they would be traded away or whatever the case may be, you know. But you saw a guy, based off what he just did, take over the cover of the Madden game. And I think that would be a good example with, like, Hendon Hooker in this situation. What about the Bolivikov forward-winning wide receiver, Jalen Hyatt? I mean, the, both those guys would be really, really interesting. Um, but if I had to pick a present-day player, I think it's easy. This is low-hanging fruit. to be Joe Milton. If it's not Joe Milton, I think it's Nico Imaliava. Um, I'd love to know how you guys think about this. This can be a part of Twitter Tuesday. Get in those questions, comments. I'll do my best to, um, I'll do my best to uh, answer those on Twitter Tuesday show. But who do you think uh, could be the cover of this NCAA Tennessee-themed uh, video game um, but if I had to pick right now it'd be it'd be Joe Milton if I had to go back uh, it depends on how you want to look at it. I mean you can't go wrong with Reggie Water Peyton Manning of course Eric Berry but I'd probably go Joshua Dobbs here since the game has been a thing so uh, I saw Zach Blackerby do it host of Locked on Auburn and I thought it would be really really interesting I thought it'd be really really fun to bring on the show and I want you to tell me who should be on the cover of NCAA football, Tennessee-themed. I'll go Joe Milton for this current team, 
What say you? Is there somebody that I'm just completely forgetting about? I was talking about recent guys. What about Darnell Wright? Top 10 pick, Chicago Bears. He'd be a good one. I know offensive line's not flashy or anything, but I think he'd be a good one. So let me know what you think right here at Locked On Balls on Twitter Tuesday. And, of course, any other questions, comments, concerns you guys have on Tennessee football, recruiting, basketball, and, of course, baseball, let me know at underscore Kaner. All right, so uh, we're going to get into a little baseball talk. I'm going to tell you more about my setup, my weekend, and uh, what's to come for Tuesday's show. And that is coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, no better time to get a fast break through the NBA playoffs than over at FanDuel Sportsbook because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All you need to do is go to their incredibly safe and secure, easy-to-use uh, sportsbook on, on the mobile phone. It's the app, and they got great promotions there every single day, not just for the NBA playoffs. Major League Baseball is going on right now. You guys know I love NASCAR on the weekends. That's where I make some money. Golf, whatever you guys want, whatever sport it is, great promotions every single day over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Safe, secure, easy-to-use app where you get paid instantly. You don't have to wait till the end of the week. You don't have to wait till the end of the month. You get it right now. There's no better place for the NBA action than over at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, guys, welcome back into your Monday edition of Locked on Vols. I'm your host, Derek Kane. Appreciate you guys being here today. This is going to be the last segment, a little shorter um, in terms of segments uh, here on the show today, but I'll probably get up around you know 20 plus minutes like I always do. But I wanted to give you guys something. Um, I'm on the road. It's, it's a little bit tougher to do the show on the road because I don't have all my bells and whistles. And uh, when the lady at the front desk doesn't let you use the business center, well, you're kind of working with uh, what you got. You're hunched over here. You're holding your hand mic. Uh, you're propping up your camera with with some tape here, but hey, it is what it is. Um, I'm excited to be down here in Hattiesburg. Um, you're listening to this here on a Monday morning, and at the time of this recording, there's still not, you guys know, I do, I do it the night before, there is still not a time nor t- a TV destination for Tennessee's Game 3. So um, that'll come out at some point on Sunday nights, and I will put that up at VolQuest.com. But um, at this point in time, I don't know what time it is. But what I do know is Tennessee is playing for a spot in Omaha. Enter the weekend, two weeks, two wins away from Omaha, uh, trying to repeat what the 2021 team did. And now we stand here entering Monday. Tennessee is one win away from going to Omaha. This is a big deal. I know a lot of you guys listening right now um, don't watch college baseball or might just casually view it and all that. There's been a lot of that with the Tony Botello. And then there's been a lot of fans that didn't care about it at all, but the last couple of years because of the winning, um, have been, you know, everydayers to Tennessee baseball. You've been following my work, and uh, you know exactly what's going on. So I'm speaking to all you guys right now. Um, speaking with all you guys right now, not speaking to, okay? Um, it's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. Tennessee's competing right now in its fifth Super Regional ever. And college baseball is the toughest thing, in my opinion, in college athletics to win a national championship in. Um, it just po- point blank is. Um, one second. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my roommate over there is cra- get, getting over here in my shot. <laughs> uh, if you're watching on YouTube again, life on the road, it is what it is. Um, it's the hardest thing in the world, in my opinion, in college athletics to win a national championship because you got, especially if you're playing in the SEC, you've got to go through this grueling 
conference schedule. You go to the conference tournament this year. Tennessee was one and done. I think that helped them. It was a blessing in disguise. You go to regional play, and you've got to make yourself out of the double elimination four-team bracket. You go to super regional where you have to, in Tennessee's case, go on the road and win the best of two out of three. And then you go to Omaha where you're still on your side of the bracket playing quote-unquote regional play. You got to make it out, double elimination. And then if you make it out of that, you go to the World Series final to where you play the winner on the other side, a best of a a three-game series. Then if you win that, you are the national champion. I think it's the toughest thing to do. And so this is a big deal. Tennessee's one win away from going back. And and, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. This weekend, um, the NCAA, as we know, I'm not breaking any news here, the NCAA filled with a bunch of morons sometimes. Point blank, a bunch of freaking morons. The way game one was handled on Saturday was just despicable. Um, some of you guys were tweeting at me saying, Hey, what you, what you said is exactly what happened. Um, and it's not necessarily even, even being here in Hattiesburg, uh, the press box, the press accommodations have been awesome. They're really, really good people. The fan environment. I know a lot of you guys, um, have been at the stadium, have been at Pete Taylor park. Um, and a lot of you guys have a lot of things to say. It's been a great atmosphere to watch and, and play baseball in. Um, but in terms of how they handled the rain on Saturday, just ridiculous. We were Media, fans alike, the teams, the coaches were held hostage for like seven hours because the NCAA doesn't know how to read a freaking radar. They just don't know how to read it or they're too stubborn to do anything. So, you know, you start this game when it should have started at noon. It started at three Eastern. Okay, TV calls that shot. I get it. You play three or four innings or whatever, get put into an hour and a half rain delay. You come back for, wait for it, 13 minutes. 13 minutes you come back and then you're put into another rain delay absolutely piss poor job pathetic yet again by representation from the ncaa so after waiting around the park i mean i finally wised up and went back to the hotel room because this was just terrible um i like to think that i'm i'm not the smartest tool in the tool shed but i know how to read a radar right and so i go back to the hotel they finally call the game you come back and it's 11 a.m local time you're going to finish this game and then you're going to turn around at at two o'clock local time and, and play game two and so it was a long day on sunday Tennessee was down four to nothing. Okay. Andrew Lindsay um, picked a not very good time to have his worst start of his career. He's been so good for Tennessee. So good. He's one of the main reasons Tennessee's had this turnaround and it's baseball. You get hit and, and Southern Miss a good team. He got knocked around a little bit. Right. And so he got knocked around. He was charged with four runs off uh, six hits and four innings of work. Tennessee comes back on Sunday after they finally say they're going to make up this game or completed on Sunday. They come back on Sunday, and they make things interesting, right? Um, you know, load the bases, get plunked, bring in a run, big big single brings in a couple, and Tennessee made it a one-run ball game. Southern Miss tax on a run of insurance later, and that's all she wrote for game one. So according to the NCAA, NCAA baseball, they tweeted it out over the weekend. How important is it winning game one of Supers? 79% of teams that win game one of Super Regional play go on to win the best of a three-game series, and they go to Omaha. Tennessee lost game one, okay? Tennessee comes back, and in game two, all right, you're starting Chase Dolander, and you're starting uh, Tanner Hall for Southern Miss. On paper, and in terms of MLB scouts, this is one of the best pitching matchups of the entire year. Uh, Tanner Hall is a stud at Southern Miss, and Chase Dolander, though his stats aren't as great as last year, he's a stud. He'll be a first-round pick next month. Point blank, he will be. And... He got knocked around. He got tagged for four runs. 
in the bottom of the third inning. Southern Miss took a 4 nothing lead in game two, and you're sitting there. I mean, I'm with a buddy, right? Buddy's coming down here with me. I'm working. He's playing. He texts me and said, I'm going to the truck. It's over. It's going to the truck. And I'm like, okay, if you're at the truck and they come back, you better not come back in this ballpark, right? Sure enough. Sure enough. The next half inning, Tennessee responds, takes the lead, six runs off like five hits, and takes that lead in the ball game. He stays in the truck, and he doesn't come back in. I said, hey, if they play on Monday, you can't come back in the stadium, right? He's like, I know. I'll, I've got my cooler beer. I've got a chair. i got the truck. I'm good. I'm like, all right. So that's the plan for Monday. <laughs> I'm going to be going and working, and my buddy over here laughing, Dustin Mighty, he's going to be at the he's going to be at the truck with a cooler beer, and he'll be just fine listening to John Wilkerson and following my work over at VolQuest.com. I know he will. But how about that response from Tennessee? You get punched in the mouth, down four runs. You just lost game one, and <laughs> – it was an 18-hour and one-minute delay, of course, overnight from the last time you played. It's just so taxing. You lose that game. You get down a four-spot in the third, and then you come back. You just start chipping away, right? Uh, Griffin Merritt, let me pull it up right here so I'll make sure I got it. Uh, Griffin Merritt, singles in the first run. is 4-1. to one. Blake Burke sends a towering home run, and it's so good for Blake Burke. If you saw my spot uh, last night, I, I was talking about, hey, He's been slumping the last half of the season. He hit a home run over the tree line in right field. It one-hopped the church that's behind the stadium, okay? 479 feet, 479 feet, 114 miles per hour off the bat. And Tony Vitello said in postgame, hey, it's like in basketball, a dunk, it still only counts, or a field goal still only counts as two points, right, unless it's a three-pointer. You know, it's a you shoot a basket, it's two points, right? But sometimes a dunk, Sometimes an emphatic dunk can really get things going, and that's exactly what happens. A two-run mammoth shot by Blake Burke makes it 4-3, to three, and then Jared Dickey comes up a little bit later, and um, he singles in two runs. Uh, there was a two-base error on that as well, and Tennessee grabbed the lead and never looked back. Christian Scott later on, he grounded out to the first baseman. There was an error, two-run score. Tennessee doubles up Southern Miss, comes from behind, and wins 8-4. to four. What? What a game, right? And I think it's it just speaks to, again, this team in February would not have done this. This team in March, this team in April, at points in time, this team in May could not win a game like this. Tennessee has grown up, Tennessee has matured, and Tennessee has figured out ways to win baseball games when they're not their best. Um, it was really, really fun to watch. Chase Dolander, though we got tagged for four runs in the third inning, he pitched like his draft stock. He pitched like a first-rounder that he's going to be next month, okay? He finished the game going eight-plus innings, seven hits, four runs, seven strikeouts, one walk, 111 pitches, a season high. Um, the walk to begin the ninth inning, that ended his day, but that broke up a strand of 12 straight retired. Since the big three-run home run from Christopher Sargent from Southern Miss in that four-run third inning, he retired of the 23 batters he faced after that home run, he retired 21 of them. What an effort from Chase Dolander. And Tennessee is on the brink of Omaha. Tennessee is one win away from going back to the College World Series first time since 2021. Who would have thought this team back in February, March, could be Omaha bound? You knew the talent was always there. You knew the ingredients was always there with the arms because that is how Tony Vitello, Frank Anderson, these coaches, um, Josh Elander, you know, um, all these guys, Chad Zercher, I'm, I'm, I'm putting him in this conversation as well. That's how you build your team. That's how you build your roster to win at this point in time. Um, it's been fun. It's been really, really fun. We will see what happens later today when Tennessee takes on Southern Miss for a chance to go to Omaha. But this is a big deal, guys. This is a very big deal. So we'll see what happens, see what's in store. 
Um, you know, Hunter Inslee, he's been so solid. He's been so dependable for Tennessee in the batting order, playing center field this year. He's been one of my favorite stories of this team. And he's made two costly mistakes so far this year. So so far this series, two dive attempts in center field where he came up empty. Uh, made it closer than I thought he would, but diving twice for a, a ball that was slicing to the ground and he came up empty. That was a big reason for the big inning for Southern Miss in game one. Uh, the uh, two-run first inning in game one for Southern Miss. And it was a reason, a big reason for the four-run third inning in game two. So, I mean, really, when you think about that, that's not an error, but that's a defensive lapse that's not really Chase Dolander's fault. Um, he was really solid, really, really solid. So we'll see what happens today. Big game coming up. Follow all the coverage over VolQuest.com. Tennessee, Southern Miss, game three. And I'll tell you this, Tennessee, in terms of arms, isn't about as good as a position as you'd want. Andrew Lindsay's burn for the weekend. Chase Dolander's burn for the weekend. Chase Burns came in and pitched the ninth inning on uh, on Saturday or on Sunday in game two. He can go if needed. Seth Halverson, who threw 40 pitches in game one, he can go if needed. Cannon Sewell, who pitched 17 pitches in game one, he can go if needed. A.J. Russell can go if needed. Uh, boy, that pin's looking good. And it'll be Drew Beam to get it started and then best available, right? whatever it takes to get to Omaha. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what it looks like with Tennessee, a chance to make some more history here on a Monday. And um, I'll say this, um, it, it's it's really, again, being on the road and working this, my time, my schedules were very much up in the air. I will do my absolute best to bring you something uh, on Tuesday for Lockdown Vols. It might be a little shorter, which I say shorter. This is going on to be close to 30 minutes. It might be a little shorter um, than normal. Uh, but I'll try to tape something at the park after the game, win or lose, and, and try to you know couple that with a football topic and get it out there uh, so that you can have some lockdown balls on Tuesday. But just bear with me while I'm on the road, and uh, when I get back at home and, and whatever the case is for the rest of the week, we'll, we'll get back on schedule. But appreciate you guys, as always, for making Lockdown Balls your first listen each and every day. Uh, we will uh, see what happens on Monday, Tennessee and Southern Miss. Game three, Hattiesburg Super Regional, a chance to go to Omaha. And we'll break all that down on Tuesday, plus some of your Twitter Tuesday questions. Send them in at underscore Kaner, at Locked On Vols. Appreciate you guys for making this your first listen each every day. Shout out to everydayers. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming back. If you don't know what an everydayer is, show up tomorrow and you'll find out. And uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. This is Locked On Vols. <laughs>